0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Ginetti. It is Thursday, February 15th. Brandon Kravitz getting the week off here, spending some time with the family today, enjoying the Orlando Magic Renaissance, I guess. It's time to uh, start taking that team seriously after seeing a couple of games the past couple of weeks or so. Uh, So good with Brandon. Back with him next week. Cousin Dan is here today. It's a football slash baseball segment. We're going to talk potential NFL trade candidate weapons to start here. Quarterbacks, running backs, a ton of wide receivers, and a couple of tight ends that may impact March operations and your fantasy roster operations in 2024. And then best available Major League Baseball free agents because spring training is here. Camp is broken. Everybody's there. I think we're about 10 days away from legitimate spring training games starting. So, uh, you know, Scott Boris and most of his clients are still sitting on the sidelines. We're going to talk about some of those players, potential contracts at this stage of the game, and maybe a couple of destination teams for each of those players as well. Let's bring in Dan. All right, Dan, um, here's the game plan. I know you're ready with the baseball content, but we have to talk football and pay the bills here a little bit. The, uh, The franchise tag window is about five days away. I think we have that pretty much ironed out. Uh, There's a piece on spottrek.com. We've done plenty of work on this. You kind of know who's going to get what at this point in time. And I I assume the rumors will start flying here in the next couple of days with teams saying, yeah, this guy's not getting away just yet. So I want to talk about something a little bit in your real house here, which is offensive weapons that I believe – within the next month are going to be on the trade block. All right. So I got some quarterbacks for you. I've got a few running backs, even though that the notion of for a running back right now seems ridiculous. I got a whole bunch of wide receivers and then a couple of tight ends to throw your way. Um and really I just want your pulse. Uh, I can talk some of the numbers here a little bit, but I've already done the work on the numbers to assess if they're actually a candidate, right so Stefan Diggs will not be on this list because I don't believe thirty one million of dead cap for a player that you need on your roster is worthy of being on the trade block right now, even though I understand all the other sides of that angle so let's run through this and really just 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 hit me back with a yes or no Dan, and then we can we can talk some things out as we need to but Do you believe because it's going to come back into our lives here very, very quickly. Do you believe that Russell Wilson is tradable or do you think that teams are simply going to make Denver go through the the hoops to get him off of the, off of their roster with that insane guaranteed salary slash dead cap hit?
0: Yeah, honestly, I would be surprised if anyone, um, does that, does the hard work for them. So I think I am on the side that, um, they do not trade for him
1: what what would it have taken what if the bears say we are not we are not trading justin fields does that change anything for russell wilson you know what i mean like is there a world where he has demand or do you think it's just way past that point
0: well unless i'm misreading the contract situation like it's not you're not good. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so if it was a reasonable contract, I like Do I, to separate it. Do I think Russell Wilson is done? No, I think he's still a serviceable quarterback Hill. If he lands in the right spot um, he could have a nice rebound, but it, right now the way it stands with his current contract situation, I don't think another team is going to sign up to take that on mm-hmm. unless they're getting a major discount or I, I don't even know how it would work, but um I don't really see anybody doing that
1: myself okay yeah I think if it was a one-year situation there'd be some inkling the fact that it's going to be two years guaranteed here which is the reason Denver's moving on in the first place they were they were going to be fine with 2024 they do not want anything to do with 2025 I can't imagine there's another team that thinks they can be so I'm with you uh, that's gonna get ugly real soon and it's gonna be a mess of work for us over here to figure out how they're gonna play this because uh, I don't know how you take that much on at one time but we're gonna see them do it for sure. Uh, Justin Fields, I I assume you're leaning yes on that right now.
0: As a trade candidate. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, are you, are you willing to put your neck out there yet? I I know you've got a couple of teams in mind that may be different than my team. So is there something you're leaning toward right now?
0: Not specifically. I do. I mean, I really think the Falcons are in like the prime spot to, Mm -hmm. to add a piece like that. Um, I don't know if it'll happen or not but maybe, maybe I'm just like wish casting a little bit there but um.
1: no that's easily the favorite if there were odds on this that's easily the, min- the minus odds here in my opinion I think I'd put Pittsburgh second like like maybe neck and neck at this point in time I kind of evaluate those two teams similarly right now and, and maybe Atlanta's a little bit behind in terms of the where the development has to be but uh, and where the coaching staff might be but I do think that those are the two prime teams, which leads me to Kenny Pickett. Is there any world where Kenny Pickett is movable right now? Or do you think his stock has just completely tanked? I'm just going to assume Dan that Russell Wilson or Kirk cousins or Justin Fields is a Pittsburgh Steeler by April 1st. I think that's, that's at least a fair assumption.
0: Yeah. So then under those circumstances, I think you might as well just keep Kenny Pickett on the roster. Right. Um, in the meantime, I think they're it's gonna give
1: backup, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And in the meantime, I think they're gonna give you the all the lip service that he's their starter. And I half buy it I, I half buy it as in if your scenario doesn't work out and one of these veteran quarterbacks don't land there, um I think I think it's reasonable they run it back one more time or at least half of the season you know, to start the season with Arthur Smith and give Kenny Peck Pickett a mm. new look in a new offense, if you will. Um, so are they out?
1: out. Are they out on one of these veterans that I'm referencing them?
0: No, no. I, I think if they have the chance to upgrade, what I'm saying is if they have the chance to upgrade there, I think they take the opportunity and do that. But if they don't, I don't think they're just trying to scramble at some other, um, -hmm. like, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be in on Baker or something like that. I, I think they might as well just stick with, um, you know, with Kenny Pickett and and just know that that would be his like last chance, if you will. But I mean, I, I'm probably way off on that. I'm just saying, I think like they, I, everyone, you know, crushes Arthur Arthur Smith. I have as well. There's like a little bit of like undercurrent to start that like people sneaky like that move, uh, like mm-hmm. Arthur Smith, with Pittsburgh, how that's going to work with the offense, how he runs his offense, that a lot of the pieces, um, you know, it, it might work out there. So I guess I'm just saying, like, you're not gonna totally tear it apart. Well, I mean, going with Kenny Pickett might be totally tearing it apart. So talking about it both sides of my mouth, but
1: okay. So you're you're calming the you're calming the temperature a little bit with Pittsburgh, and I think I appreciate that. And and you're right, the Arthur Smith side of this has to be brought into the fold. Is it a situation where Kenny Pickett is talked up as the starter? but maybe Ryan Tannehill is brought in right on like a one year, $2 million contract. Cause really that's all he's worth right now. There's obvious connection to Arthur Smith. He could easily step in for six games as needed. And you don't have to really break the bank at all to to move forward with that plan. Is that probably how you read this thing a little bit differently?
0: I actually like that idea quite a bit. That's kind of the, the exact type of guy I was targeting in my head, but I couldn't really put my finger on who I was looking for specifically. So, um, like uh, uh, the guy just under, like the, you know, maybe the 35th best quarterback in the league or something like that is what, <laughs> you know, add that guy to that room. And then, you know, I, I mean, I think they think that they're in contention, right? So if that's the mind frame, yeah, then they're not going to like go in to next year with no other option besides Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you're right.
1: You can't year, just so. start an offense over if that's how you operate, right? It, but if, and by the way, I'm concerned that Mike Tomlin wants to retire sooner rather than later here. So I'm not sure you, as much as I want Justin Fields in that offense, I actually think that's a nice fit for him. I feel like it's going to take three years to get him up to speed and that would mean a contract and that would mean a hell of a lot of work, right? So I just don't know that Pittsburgh has the time and inclination to, to manage acquiring Justin Fields and having to go through the growing pains that are going to come with getting him. It's just It's just how it operates, right? So Keeping Kenny Pickett at least in the spotlight and and dumping in a veteran who could at least manage the game, sort of Joe Flacco-stylish, right, from Cleveland's standpoint, that's probably what this team's going to do for the next couple of years here. Um, Let's say Pickett is tradable. Let's say he's thrown onto the block because there's just no going back. Rank in order these four quarterbacks in terms of trade, I don't know, possibility. If you're just a GM looking to upgrade your room, Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance, all of whom I believe have at least a a conversation to be on this trade block right now.
0: It's tough. Um,
1: That pause makes me think you absolutely hate all of them.
0: (laughs) Well, it's just so contextual that like... Yeah. Like, I I think... Mac Jones could maybe be the guy behind, um, like a Kenny Pickett. Maybe they, maybe they do something like that. Where, Mm -hmm. like, I don't like Mac Jones. I feel like I'm like going out on a limb for some of these terrible quarterbacks. I'm just trying to say it's The answer can easily be
1: nothing. The the answer can easily be these are not starting quarterbacks, right? I mean, and and I think that's where we're headed, don't you?
0: Right. Yeah. More likely than not. Yeah. I would probably.
1: Why did Dallas do this then, Dan? Why did Dallas just pay off most of Trey Lance's third year, and now sit with a fully guaranteed five million this year, and a an, and a fifth year option decision? Unless there's, I mean, were they just trying to buy a trade asset? Truly, what, what's the what's the play here? Why is Trey Lance a member of the Cowboys? He was the QB three all year. He wasn't even going to play if Dak Prescott got hurt. So so what what's the what's the game plan here? Or or should I be? reading this room differently and should Dak Prescott be on the trade block right now? Truly. I'm not, I'm not trying to have a hot take here. I'm just trying to understand what the process is here. Well, I
0: think that's the confusing part is that Trey Lance wasn't even really the backup for most of the, at at all, maybe. Um, Right. And that, that's what kind of stands out here because to me, what, what I was trying to lay out with those guys, like specifically Kenny Pickett is, it's a quarterback on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Some of them with fifth-year options attached, which is a reasonable price tag for a backup quarterback if that's the way you want to utilize them, right? So, but then you come into the Mac Jones situation where he's basically like it's just over in New England with him, right? Same oh with Zach God. Wilson in in New yeah. York. It's well over. It. But otherwise, like with the with the Kenny Pickett situation, I'm trying. I guess I'm trying to say like he hasn't been just that level of bad there though no, he hasn't they, been like, exiled
1: he, from the franchise yet as those two good players way have. to
0: put it yeah exactly so like to me you might as well just keep that player in your franchise you know on that rookie deal as your backup quarterback even if you're trying to upgrade there but mm-hmm. um I, I mean you're nowhere close to the Chiefs or the Bills or any of these right. teams if you're if that's like kind of your mindset so I I, I know it's it's kind of purgatory if you will but.
1: Um, all right. I, I got some more interesting names here. That, that was the hard part. That, that was like the complicated part is trying to understand it. Cause we've seen right. The Darnold's of the world go for God. They Darnold go for a second round pick not too long ago. Right. I mean, we've seen Josh Rosen go for a third round pick. It's, it's all over the place. So uh, to try to sit here and say, these guys have any value or some value or maximum value is ridiculous right now. But I, I, I think I think the Wilson and, and Mac Jones stuff, the fact that they're being smeared in public so bad and it, not so much Wilson. I think that's just been kind of forced upon us because of the Aaron Rodgers world. Uh, Mac Jones just can't stop getting in his own way over there. I, I don't think there's going to be a trade for him for them. I, I think both of them should be tradable uh, because there's a chance they can compete for, for a role somewhere. I, I think their respective teams are just going to have to eat those salaries and, and move on just to get them off the roster because everybody knows. What's going on? You know, there's no, there's no hidden secrets to what, you know, could, could be unlocked if we just get this guy on our roster and waste a fifth-round pick to do it. So I don't think we're getting anywhere there. Um, maybe the aura of Trey Lance is still worth a seventh-round pick to somebody. We'll see. I don't know about that one. But what about Sam Howell? Sam Howell was not hot garbage, <laughs> okay? He, th- there was a world where he was in, like, Brock Purdy's mind frame for a while here, and he was actually holding his own and managing games on a roster that really wasn't ready to win from an offensive standpoint, he's going to get replaced immediately on April 25th, all right? Somebody's going to walk in this room and take the keys immediately away from him. Is he just a future backup forever? And that's how Washington should should handle him? Or do you think they should be putting him out right now on March 13th as somebody's you know kind of next option, whether that's Atlanta, whether that's somebody that we're talking about here, 'Cause I don't think he was that damn bad, Dan.
0: Yeah, I don't either. And if you wanna like talk about this limited sample size of one season, what went wrong, the offensive line was terrible and yeah. Eric the enemy, that offense, et cetera, like was exclusively like throw it. You know, they never ran they never ran the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm advocating for that necessarily. I'm just saying you knew you knew they were throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game. So um, it's really hard for a young quarterback to succeed in that situation. so yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I don't necessarily know he be, ever becomes like a top fifteen quarterback in the league, but I definitely think he is serviceable enough to to have a job um, Me too. in this league in the right situation. So maybe that's I don't even want to put a put a destination on it, but I, I definitely think there's some value there and how that how they go about it, whether it's via trade or whether you know they just have to eat it and move on Mm -hmm. um I'll leave that to you to you know yeah I I think
1: they're they're perfectly happy just keeping him, right and 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 God wouldn't it be nice to see him actually play 2024 and the rookie not play I mean I've been pushing for that for forever but I just don't see it happening you know maybe there's smarter minds out there starting to come into the game but um I'd love to see the kid get 2024 and then move on sort of like a Gardner Minshew type situation uh but we'll see they can hold him he's non-guaranteed there's really no rush I just think he might have as much if not more value than anybody we've talked about right now, not named Justin Fields. So, uh, he's on this list squarely for me heading towards March 13th. I don't think Desmond Ritter has any value, right? I mean, I mean, it's non-guaranteed. Is he just off this roster? Is he just, you know, a a QB three for, for the, for somebody at at some point in time? I just don't know that he's got it. Do you?
0: No, I don't think he does. Um, you'll see flashes like you did, but a lot of that was just game script um, Mm -hmm. in the games that he did put up numbers. But um, I mean, I, I, the backup quarterback scene in this league is not good. So I never want to say he's just like a straight up quarterback three. Maybe he's like a role type of quarterback in like a Jalen hurt style offense or something, you know, maybe they just want to like one I shouldn't say it's a one, it's not a one for one replacement, but you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? At least like we've seen the Eagles line up guys like Marcus Mariota behind Jalen Hurts, um, et cetera. So.
1: Is there a team for Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: I mean, again, another guy that just seems like he will always, to me, I I will, I would have to play the game of musical chairs to see, who gets left out here at some point But I mean he seems like another guy that you It doesn't hurt to have him in Your room as a Backup guy you know as a veteran The teams are going to well, make but,
1: Teams are going to make the Raiders pay that 11 million bonus right and get out the for door For sure
0: yeah no no one's going to like No trade value people. zero
1: trade value for Garoppolo no. on that contract
0: Right bringing it back to the original thesis of our Discussion yep. trade trades No I'm going to say no on that
1: Here's the, here's the problem this year. I, I don't know that I remember a year recently where we've had more possible available quarterbacks for teams that need it. I'm just, I'm just not seeing enough teams that could that probably shake up their room this offseason. Generally it's like half the league. I could write six articles about half the league that is at least considering it. Any team that is at least considering it right now is in draft position to fix it immediately. So, all these guys kind of hanging on, right? And I feel bad for the Bakers and the Gardner Minshews and the, you know, the, not so much the Kirk Cousins, because I think that's a foregone conclusion. But I, I don't know that there's going to be this carousel via trade and via free agency like we're trying to poke holes in here because I don't know. People are at least somewhat satisfied with what's going on, right? Houston, Indy, all fixed their, Green Bay fixed their issue. Detroit looks like they're long term. I, I mean, I guess we got to include the Broncos with all of these guys, because we have no idea what the next step is, unless it's just Jared Stidham for 2024. The only quarterback that we assume is going to be under contract for that roster. So I don't know what happens there. They certainly don't have the draft assets to go and do it. So I'm going to throw one more name out there because it could be a Denver spot. It could be a Pittsburgh spot. It could be a bears spot in a swap for fields and picks and all sorts of stuff. Why wouldn't the Saints try to move on from Derek Carr right now? Who may, who might be the most drop-in ready and I know not consistently good but above average version of any quarterback that we've talked about right now including Justin Fields, right? I mean, I think Justin Fields is going to take some time wherever he goes to get up to ramp up to the new system. I'm not sure Derek Carr we he just proved it. Derek Carr has changed systems and he was exactly the same player, right? He was exactly the same Derek Carr he was in Las Vegas, and Oakland for all those years. So I think it's pretty safe to say if he goes somewhere else, he's going to look like that, which is above average, just not great, not not superstar ever. Why wouldn't New Orleans be floating Derek Carr's year and a half guaranteed out there right now?
0: I guess I'm a little bit more on the pessimistic side of Derek Carr. Like I think, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I've been wanting he's to Garoppolo see more in the last now, is, he, is he now fall... Jimmy G?
0: He's falling there, especially as he ages to me. Like he was a little bit more of a gunslinging playmaker to me a few years ago. I've been wanting to see more in recent years. I've been willing to like be mm-hmm. uh you know optimistic on the upside there, but man, I just don't know anymore. I really don't know what Derek Car. So I I I again I think he's a guy that will always, you know, has a roster spot in this league as long as he wants it. Um, but man, he, it was bad vibes with the saints last year. So I, I don't know, um, like if another team is going to give him like a third chance, like a, like another chance, if you will, to be the guy, if they're trying to contend or compete, but, um, maybe it's, maybe it's better than I'm willing to give it credit for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. He poked plenty of holes in these suckers. Uh, Like I said, I just don't know that we're going to have the carousel we generally have, but we'll see. It's uh, we're always surprised by a couple of moves every year. Uh, I, I was able to find two running backs that I think could be in this kind of conversation. Uh, One for contractual purposes is probably a no, and that's miles Sanders. I, I mean, he's basically done in Carolina. They basically benched him like halfway through the season, halfway through a four year contract. I don't know that there's a team out there that wants to bring him in for it's just a one year guarantee. Now it was only going to be two for 12 uh, ish in terms of the guarantee structure. Is anybody acquiring miles Sanders this off season, or is that just the dumbest thing ever because of where the running back situation is?
0: I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. No,
1: Okay. Yeah, that's uh, all I
0: got. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, <laughs> I mean, Caroline is just, a, a disaster, I know,
1: I could have put so many of their players on this list. I just didn't want to gut them. Cause I don't know what this new staff's going to do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody's going to have to get at least evaluated throughout the spring and, and to kind of see where this roster sits before they do anything rash. Don't you?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I mean, like, even gut, even gutting it doesn't do them that way, you know, when you've given up so much draft capital to get Bryce Young, who mm-hmm. um, there's questions and if he's the guy now, you know, so like what what they, what, like their avenues to get out of this in the short term is, is, um, I, it's pretty unclear to me. <clears throat>
1: all right. Yeah, it's a mess. Here's the other name. I'm going back to Denver. I'm going to Denver with basically all my conversations here because I feel like Sean Payton is just going to start axing left and right. If they're not going to pay Javante Williams, they should trade him, right? This should be this version of this year's version of DeAndre Swift, right? Detroit knew what they were going to do draft wise. They weren't going to pay DeAndre Swift. Let's get out of this thing. Gets, I mean, hopefully you get more than a fourth round pick back here. But I think Javante did enough last year to at least resurrect himself from that injury to show that he can hold an RB one status for one season. Does somebody take a flyer on him as a rental?
0: That's a good point. I, I hadn't really considered him until you brought him up here in this piece. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got value. I think he's still a decent, like he, he might because of the injury, probably he doesn't turn out to the guy that some projected him to be when he got into the league. But, um, I still think there's some upside there. So if, um, they don't have plans and a, in a contending team, um, wants to add him to the room, I, I think, there's some value there, so yeah, I'd be willing to say there might. I, I don't. I don't know if it's like up in that territory, fourth round pick, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think they have to re outright release him or anything if that's the case. They no, I don't either on the roster at that point.
1: So, but for a team that you know just got bludgeoned by draft picks for that Russell trade, uh, I would think something like that, and we're going to talk a couple wide receivers as well here, makes sense to sort of reset their process a little bit. But um, yeah, that's the only idea. name I could really get to that made sense to me in the entire league of active running backs. I, do I think New Orleans would entertain trading Elvin Kamara? Sure. Nobody's going to take Elvin Kamara on at 11 and a half million this year. There's not, there's just not, you know what I mean? If you're going to pay 11 and you you're going to sign Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs this offseason, right? I mean, you're not, there's no sense in taking on, uh, you know, giving up a trade asset and then paying somebody $11 million at this position it just doesn't make sense. Um, let's move on to these receivers, Dan. I could go, I could probably go two dozen deep. I stopped at about a dozen. Let's start with Denver. Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Jerry, Judy, are they both gone? Is that how deep this thing's going? That they just want to, you know, reset the financial situation and add draft picks that basically everybody has a price right now?
0: I mean, you probably should if those guys have any trade value at this point. But, um, you know, it was like long rumored they wanted to trade Cortland Sutton it seems like the last couple years and that it seems like that trended towards them trading yep. Jerry Judy this year and not trading Cortland Sutton, but, um, you know, the time is getting late for Cortland Sutton, <laughs> if you will, yeah. in my opinion. So like, if he's not in your contention window, I think you should start looking for avenues out of that. Um, so I could definitely see, um, a world where both of those guys are not in Denver next year. So,
1: so Jerry Judy's on a fully guaranteed 13 million Cortland Sutton's on a non-guaranteed 13 and a half million. And a couple mil of that locks in early March, but nothing dangerous or anything. Uh, I don't know if Judy's tradable on that fully guaranteed. I just think his stock is so bad right now that, uh, you know, are Denver, is Denver eating some of that to move him? Possibly. Truly, I think that's where we might have to go with him. Corlin's got a little bit more p- production value, but that, that's not a great price tag either, right? Two for 27-ish left on this contract, non-guaranteed. I don't know. We've seen so many good drafts, you know, three, four drafts in a row where these wide receivers are so flush. I, I struggle with these two contracts, even though, and, and by the way, Denver coming out and saying we want to move these guys certainly doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> That certainly doesn't help the value, but they're, they're certainly on the list here. Um, also, what,
0: what's kind of interesting about this is I know he just crapped on both of these players, but if they do, yeah. it, it's, it's because of the contract. If they are free agents, knowing the wide receiver free agent market, they're going to be yeah. coveted i mean jerry judy has done jack sh- nothing in this league yep. and he's going to be uh coveted to some degree like people are going to take a flyer on him at a reduced rate um to I, this I, I guess here's, here's so. what i'm
1: throwing at you though right because i, I got to look it up because i don't want to get these numbers wrong but it feels like a brandon cook situation not too long ago so when he was traded to dallas houston ate what Six million. They ate six million of that contract to get Brandon Cooks out the door and buy themselves a draft pick. That's all that has to happen here. Is Denver eats about you know maybe a third to a half of this contract, and they'll get a they'll get a draft pick back for Judy on a one year guarantee, on a one year eight or something like that. Now they become now he becomes a WR two territory for somebody, and you got teams like Buffalo and Kansas City and the contenders now thinking thinking squarely about taking him in on a one year flyer. So I just think that that's what happens here. I'm not sure about Cortland anymore. They've been trying to trade him for too long to not do it and all of a sudden just have a massive value for him now on March 13th. We'll see. Uh, I got some some pretty saucy names here, and I'm going to let you talk on it. Why wouldn't Las Vegas trade Devontae Adams right now?
0: Well, to me, it would just be cap related if that's um Mm -hmm. a hurdle at all but again i'll let you speak on that um otherwise i i don't know man they they should i mean unless it's just simply removing your best offensive piece um i could you you know you i would listen to a case on that but other than that they should be encouraged to move on he seems like i i know what he was saying towards the end of the year i I'll believe it a little bit, but I, I still think he would prefer to move on to a immediate contender, you know, as he's getting, there, you know...
1: <clears throat> if we left the Raiders out of this conversation with the quarterback room? Do you truly believe that they're going to run back Aiden O'Connell for 17 weeks, or do you think that they're in on Russell Wilson on a that minimum contract or, or something like that? <clears throat> because it changes the way I think about Devontae Adams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, if if they're going to try to upgrade that quarterback position this year, then you're not going to move Devontae Adams. He's the one reason you you you're doing everything. You know what I mean? He's the, he's the big piece outside of offensively and Max Crosby defensively and it seems like you know, the head coach signing at least kept Max Crosby around for one more year. So it feels like we're getting to the point of gigantic rip down moments, right? For this team, I just don't know if it's this March. I It's a really hard team to read, isn't it?
0: It's very hard. I, man, I want to believe they, the way they should build to me is they should start tearing it down a little bit. They have a new coach, new GM. They have, yep, like a grace period, if you will. I don't want to say this is like a free year, but this is the year you can kind of toss it away. If Aiden O'Connell turns into something, then great. It's gravy. Uh, If he doesn't, you're bottoming out you know, for a potential top three pick next year, right. um, especially if you're able to remove Devonte Adams from the roster um, <laughs> the, the, w- from what's left there. But I mean, is Antonio Pierce going to want to come in and in tank? No, probably not. But is it the is it probably the better way to build long term? I would think so. But I don't know. I guess where are, are you in that same frame of mind or you think they
1: go uh- for it? I think they're just stuck. I think they're they're in one of those stuck years where it doesn't make. They're they're going to be paying too much to too many players to really do too much damage in terms of subtraction subtraction. But if somebody wants to blow them away with a Devonte trade offer, you take it immediately. You don't even look back. If you if you're thinking is we're one year away from doing this, but but somebody wants to hand it to us right now, you just do it now. So I'm I'm going to make them a fringe candidate only if somebody out there wants to just blow the doors off with an offer. Um, and in similar fashion, and but with a different I I guess reasoning for getting here, Justin Jefferson has to be on this list, right? I mean, he's now publicly saying if if is gonna restart the quarterback room, he doesn't want to be here for it. He's not signing a contract, which now puts the clock on are you gonna slow play this thing? Are you gonna make him play this out and franchise tag him and screw around with him? Because he's just gonna hold out, he's just not gonna play football, you know? And I I realize. The CBA really pushes back against that. He seems like somebody that's pretty damn smart with what's going on around him and he'll force his way out of here. He's got enough clout to say just let's just do this right now immediately. So I, he's on this list until Kirk Cousins is back on that roster for me. Um, And it's not a guarantee. I, I think it's trending in that direction, but it's not a guarantee. So I, I, is there a world where you see this kind of go- unfolding in the next six weeks and Kirk Cousins joins Denver on a hundred million, hundred million dollar guaranteed contract, and now Justin Jefferson is the trade candidate in the NFL.
0: Yeah, that's the caveat. If um, Kirk Cousins is back, or there's some other very clear plan to acquire another uh, quarterback, but even at that point, I don't know. I think right. Justin Jefferson would be pretty well served to just uh, bet on himself, uh, if you will, and and take it to the free agent market eventually, or get traded and signed somewhere, if you will. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's,
1: it's definitely one on this list,
0: but it major caveat is if they move on from cousins.
1: Yep. Yeah. I'm not there yet. So I got to see it to believe it. What about Deandre Hopkins in Tennessee? He had a really nice season. All right. He, he really quieted a lot of people that said he was going to be in decline. He did not have a consistent quarterback at all throughout 2023 and he still bagged a thousand yards plus and 70 catches and all the things that his incentives said he wasn't going to get to, he got there. So I don't know what we do. I mean, is this a guy that's, if Will Levis is the QB one running into mini camp, you know, I don't think this is a March 13th trade, but if they run in the spring and Will Levis is the only guy, and we know where this is headed for 2024, a contract expiration year for Hopkins, is he forcing his way out of Tennessee?
0: I go back and forth on this one actually quite often. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could see, I don't know. It seemed like previously he wasn't motivated. Like he went to Tennessee in the first place because of the money, right. That was contract. the best contract offered that's it right. offered to him. So he doesn't necessarily seem like a guy that's chasing like destination or content, you know, being a contender. Mm. So I'm split on this a little bit. There's so much rhetoric about how much he likes Will Levis, but I'm not even totally convinced that they're going to like roll with Will Levis or try to make that work. Like with any sort of um, like real uh, change
1: there. So much has changed behind the scenes though, you know?
0: And and even if um, he, the, the coach was brought in to like make Will Levis work like it, with draft capital, et cetera, I don't think they're going to like force it on him. Like you absolutely have to make, it's more of like, see what you can do with this guy. We'll move Mm -hmm. on if we need to. So, um,
1: probably more of a trade deadline candidate than an off season candidate. Right? Yes. Yes. That's what I would, uh, Ayuk's going to go right? I mean, we're Uh we're at the point of no return now. I've been saying this for a long time. He's been a bubble candidate forever. But now he's saying it out loud, and he's having his friends and his girlfriend and everybody else say it out loud. The problem is this: most of the rhetoric I'm hearing about Ayuk is, "I'm just done playing here. Uh, you're fully guaranteed under contract, dude." <laughs> right? Like, like you can't just say this. You have to, you have to man- massage this situation. You know what I mean? Like they have to consciously trade you right now because otherwise you're just not making 14 million dollars, and, and that's not the right approach. So. He's got to be careful about burning these bridges the way he's doing it because he is not a free agent. He is not somebody that can just and I'm not sure he's powerful enough. Right? He's not Justin Jefferson to just magically pop on a TikTok and say this has to happen. And then it happens. The, this front office and this coaching staff has way more clout than Brandon Ayuk does right now. So he's got to be careful here. I, I agree he should go. I agree San Francisco probably wants to trade him. So I think all of it's coming together. But he's got to be quiet and just let things happen behind the scenes, and by the way, work with the front office to, to and give them some destinations you might want to go to versus publicly trashing the organization for not targeting you more in the Super Bowl. Like this should be handled way differently, in my opinion, because I do think he's a really strong player, and contenders want him. Right, but Buffalo would take him for a one-year oh, flyer, Dan, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. To, <laughs> I I would
0: be hard pressed to find a better um wide receiver that's hit the open market in the last right. couple of years and maybe in the next couple of years like I, I that's nothing to take away from hall of fame or mike evans or somebody like that i'm just saying wide receiver yeah. w- with the talent and upside of this guy in a, at his age we don't see this very often so yeah i totally agree with basically everything you just laid out right
1: yeah, there like Dan, w- if it's apples to apples in terms of what let's just say Ayuk's on his $14 million um, option and T Higgins gets tagged at 21 million and both hit the trade block. Aren't you picking Ayuk both for financial and for productive reasons? I'm picking Ayuk every time he's a, he's a legit two, could be a one on a roster. I don't think T Higgins is a one. I just don't, I don't see him that way. And by the way, either does our algorithm, you know what I mean? But Ayuk, Ayuk's immediately a $23 million player in our system. And he has been suppressed in that offense and he knows it and now he's saying it out loud so i just think he is the next hit the new ground running and just explode player somewhere uh and, and jacksonville's in buffalo's in cincinnati might be in on a one-year fire if they end up trading t higgins there's a lot of rosters that would want this type of player i just want him to be more delicate with this that's all
0: for sure can i can i ask to like their cap situation is not good. Can they even keep him there? Like legit, like can they make it work with his price? I know he's under contract, et cetera, et cetera, but like, can they make it work next year? Or is this like projection of like, I know they're not going to be able to make it work. They're going to have to move on. I'm the guy they're going to move on from. Like, I still agree with you. It should be under the table. Like it should be handled way differently. I'm just saying, it, like, is he all but gone, regardless, or do you think they can reasonably make it work in twenty twenty four?
1: They can, they can cap convert his fifth year option with four void years and drop it down to like one, like two point five million, Dan, for twenty twenty four. So that's what I mean. They don't have to do anything right now if they don't want to. If they don't get the trade offer they want, if they don't like the way this is all going out, and by the way, if they don't get the trade offer because he he tanked the value of it, right, <laughs> doing what he's doing. They're gonna keep him, and they're gonna they're gonna convert his salary, hand him a signing bonus, and say see you in April, dude, because that's what's because they're not gonna punt on a huge weapon, you know, and and further push themselves away from contention in the NFC. So everything's got to go right, and everything's got to work together. At the end of the day, there's just gonna to be too much demand, right? There's gonna be a, a mini bidding war for this dude, for this guy, right, on a one year fourteen guarantee that comes with four for eighty eight behind it or something like that. So I, I do think it works out in his favor. But I just, I hate to see people doing this in February and, and really hurting the whole process because I, great, you're, you're ticked off about, you know, how things went down, but you are a, a minute and a half away from greener grass. So just, just bite your tongue and, and understand what's about to happen here. Uh, last one, last one. We've talked a lot of Pittsburgh. I think Deontay Johnson is in this conversation. He's walking into a, an expiring contract year I don't think there's a world where he gets another contract in Pittsburgh. They, it just doesn't happen, right? Antonio Brown didn't even get the next contract in Pittsburgh, or, or when he did, he got pushed out immediately. They just don't do this in that organization. So if he's not going to be extended, is it a now move or is it a trade deadline move for Deontay Johnson?
0: I... It could be. It reasonably could be either. I know that's punting on the question, but um, yeah. I it did sort of feel like uh, things were turning in the wrong direction, though, as the year went on. So it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if it was a now um, move rather than the trade deadline.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you on that one. A couple of quick tight ends. Has Darren Waller's time in New York done? And does he have any trade value on 12000000 million?
0: I'm going to say no, but they keep him? Uh, I, sorry, sorry, no, as... Yeah, he stays in
1: New York, yeah. All right, one more year there. Um, Dawson Knox. It's expensive. We all know what's happening with Dalton Kincaid, but we also know that Buffalo needs to run a two-tight-end system basically 80% of the time. Um, it's 10.5 million cash for 2024, and for all intents and purposes, it's guaranteed. Trade, keep, convert. What are we doing here? It's tough, right?
0: This one is tough because there's so much projection in what how the Bills are going to want to run their offense. It really didn't change much from um, Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady. I I know people said, "Oh, they were so much better." Really, the the you know the advanced metrics show that it was pretty consistent between the two, and a lot of variance. uh, A lot of that the differences had to do with variance. So, um, I man, I don't know. I don't know where they go with this. Um,
1: yeah. It only clears two and a half million right now to do it. Uh, he's extremely close with Josh Allen. That's part of this, right? That's but I would going to walk into, to into Josh that, Allen's yeah. room and say, Hey man, we got it. We're thinking about doing this and he's going to, he is not going to like it. So I think you just suck it up, pay the 10 and a half. And then after 2024, there's a line of demarcation you get out of this contract as needed. So, that's probably what happens here is they just roll back in catering Knox for 2024 and, and understand that that room is now a little bit overpaid, but too many factors pushing against it, in my opinion. All right. No
0: and, go ahead. super quick. Cause we probably don't need to invest too much time into this. Is there like, is he a candidate for like a restruct, like an extended restructure though, knowing that like he's never going to earn the money he just earned on that last contract. His production doesn't align with it. If he wants to stay in Buffalo beyond next year, The Bills want him there. He's a good run blocker. He is a red zone threat. He's got, you know, he, I I just think there's like a path for like both sides to want there to be a future. And is that a possibility in order to get the number next year specifically down? Or is that just like a pipe dream? Never, never happened.
1: There's three years left. I don't think Brandon Bean or any, any GM is going to touch a contract with that much term left. I'll say this though, 1.3 million of his 2024 salary does not have a a vesting guarantee. That's probably a number that Brandon Bean has in his head right now. And he may walk into the room and say, hey, we're in cap hell, right? We're minus 50. Everybody in the world knows it. We don't want you to go anywhere because we know the the, the value you bring from a blocking standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. Can we just take this 1.3 million, convert it to not likely incentives. You make it back on receptions. You make it back on, if we hit the playoffs, et cetera. Got to get it off our cap books though. We want you to be able to earn this back. Can we lower your number by that? Call it a pay cut. Make it make it sound like you're a hero. You know what I mean. All that good stuff. Right, right. And, and, and roll into March that way. That's probably what happens. And by the way, there may be six Buffalo Bills players where that happens to because nobody wants to leave. Everybody understands what's happening with this roster, and Bean just has to shave a couple of million off here and there where he can. So that's probably what happens here, Dan, with with Austin Knox versus some big swinging move like a trade. Uh, you know, on March thirteenth.
0: Yeah, and I mean we're local. This is prime picking for like the kind of player that usually gets hammered, like, oh, this guy's overpaid. They he sucks. Yeah. There's really not happening. that rhetoric. A little bit, but to me, there's not that rhetoric because he is so beloved here, and people do see the use in terms of like a run blocker, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just the fact that like he did not necessarily bloom in like the T te- like the tight end one that some thought he might after that breakout season. So
1: you're absolutely right. It's and, not and, the, the player getting crushed, it's just the contract so if the contract can be manipulated like i'm talking about here i bet you everybody just says yep let's roll um let's get to baseball man about 10 minutes on this we'll get out of here because uh we could talk forever of course you put together a list of the best remaining i'm gonna guess most of them are scott boris clients just understanding what how this thing works come february teams are already in spring training we've got games in 10 days and uh it's a fairly strong list of players especially pitchers right that don't have a house right now. Don't have a house to go home to. Why, in your opinion, don't Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell have a team yet?
0: Well, we could probably separate the two just real quickly. So Blake Snell, um, like mostly because they're very, they're two different types of players. Blake's now you're getting like a shorter inning, typically five, five plus kind of guy, Um, but really high strikeouts, um, but all, which also comes with a high walk rate. I think there's some concerns about that, even though he's sort of like your stereotypical, like just like power, power pitcher through five or six innings type of guy, which you think people would want Um, on this market. But I think there are just some like, maybe non-relevant but out there concerns um about his health and and durability things like that um he also has a qualifying offer attached too, which uh, is which is going to be a theme with uh a couple of these guys that we talk about here that Mm -hmm. um there's at least some legitimacy to the you know that being the reason that they're probably not signed at this point
1: okay um and I'm sure some of it is I want five years, not four and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But right. uh, maybe maybe pushing for some player opt outs, all the bells and whistles these guys should get. I mean, these guys are Cy Young winners, Cy Young candidates. It's not like this is nothing. These are these are franchise changing arms for 2024. Really? I mean, if you dropped either of these players on a Yankees rotation or on Orioles rotation or something like that, it immediately changes the amount of wins this team is going to have come September. It's just, it's just a fact. So um, you're not wrong about the qualifying offer. Uh, We've seen it happen before. We've seen teams, we've seen the entire league hold out on players until that deadline had passed. I don't know that that's going to be the case here. My guess is Dan, that pitchers and catchers have been there for a few days. And some of these, some of these teams are looking around saying, man, we are an arm short and and it's just going to happen. Somebody's going to pull the trigger on this. Uh, We'll see where we get to. What about positional? Yeah, it's just.
0: Uh, I, I was just going to say, to some degree, on that point, it's it is a staring contest right now. Like yeah. I, I think once they didn't go with the front of free agency, um those agents probably saw realized their market wasn't going to be quite what it was. And those teams also realized that though, you know, nobody, other teams felt similar lead to them and weren't going to overpay for those guys. So now it's just like, who can wait out who, um, obviously Scott Boris is going to try and maximize every dollar. And these other teams are just going to kind of look around and, um, try and ju- wait as long as possible, but still jump first ahead of the, uh, you know,
1: their, their, I, I just uh, feel like content. I feel like with, with Montgomery specifically, he feels exactly like a Nathan Avaldi, a player who has just, every time he bounces around, he makes a gigantic impact on the team he goes to at 18 million yeah. a year, right? It's at a price that everybody in the world can handle. Everybody from Oakland to, to the Dodgers is, is where the price tag lives. And he's just impactful as hell. And I feel like by July 1st, the teams that didn't sign Jordan Montgomery are going to be looking around thinking, what the hell did we just do? This guy was just sitting there. There was There was a clear a uh, higher priced player in Blake Snell sitting on top of him to suppress his value even more. It's not like Montgomery's even the best option available right now. He's still not. And it's February 15th, you know? Right. So I, I just think it's silly that teams are, don't value him the way some of these pitchers have shown. You just have to grin and bear it. And if the guy wants five years, give him five years and trade him in two, just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Work the system a little bit. So that one surprises me that, that the lower priced player hasn't moved on yet. Um, what about the guys with with the bat in their hand? We got a couple of players that I think can at least impact starting lineups, right? Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger. Where are we with those guys?
0: Man, the Matt Chapman thing puzzles me. I'm less surprised about Cody Bellinger. I think we kind of forecasted that there might be a little bit of concern. Um, like we want to give you
1: one year. You want eight years, right? That's the, that's the issue there.
0: Right. And I, I, thought it would ultimately land in the middle with, um, a lot of like injury, uh, you know, opt outs, if you will. Um, but man, the Chapman thing surprises me most, like not even just because I think I-, I was projecting him to really have a breakout year last year. It started that way. Didn't finish that way. He's still a premium defender back yeah. there. So, um, if the market had I'm saying I'm surprised because we have to assume that that market, his market has dropped. There weren't a lot of third baseman out, you know, guys that you would want to add to your team available this year. Um, I I don't know. I don't have a good answer for why he hasn't moved to tell you the truth. It just, to me, it's just, I guess, supply and demand, but.
1: Can I give you a name that I think could be impacting Matt Chapman? has Anthony Rendon just scared everybody off from this whole sit scenario this player that has shown flashes has shown like legitimate mvp flashes right i mean chapman was there we were talking about it out loud this guy is doing everything right now he was, he is developed into the player that we thought he was going to be as a prospect and he just needed a change of scenery to to get there and then the the truck just fell off the cliff right And it happened before he even got to free agency with Rendon. It didn't happen until after free agency, right? When he got to LA and certainly it's been an absolute nightmare. Is there any of that happening here at Matt Chapman? Because we saw the April to July and then the July to September variance that was so distinct. Our team's just saying that's going to be us for the next six years. If that you want six for 200 or something like that right now.
0: Yeah, that, probably makes sense if that's where the term is at. I I guess that's where we need to, I should have started with all of these guys is like where the term is probably at, because that's where we have issues. You know, he's approaching 31. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to commit to him for six years at that age either. So if that's what he's seeking, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I just made the case for premium defense, but that might not last another, uh, you know, five to six years. So,
1: yeah, it's a young man's game. There's no question about it. Anybody else sitting out there that you think at least could could garner a significant contract in the next couple of weeks here?
0: Not really. The rest of the list is just kind of like your flavor preference um, and like how you want to sort of finesse the rest of your roster. Um, DH types, um, mm-hmm. like Joey Votto um Whit Merrifield I think is probably the next guy in line that I am a little bit surprised at like he um opted out of a pretty hefty option um right so uh, that's just got to be about term to me too he they probably thought his market would be there but um he probably I, I, I I think that was like I should probably look, but I think it was between 16 and 18 million, that option. So he punted mm-hmm. on that, probably seeking a multi-year deal. And it, um,
1: it was 18 million. To fruition, so he didn't yeah, that's why I'm re- getting 18 million guaranteed right now.
0: Yeah. Which I remember when we did this, I was a little surprised that I, I, I had him at 50, 50. Cause I was like, man, if he can make 18 mil for one year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't paid. know exactly so I don't know where it goes from here but I thought he was sort of the best um, remaining available
1: yeah most of it's going to be one year uh, you know probably incentive laden deals JD Martinez Tommy Fam, those are all those in those categories for sure Brandon Belt will come back on a one year uh, you know I, probably somebody takes a chance on Ahmed Rosario or Tim Anderson here down the road both middle infielders that can play the position halfway decently um, yeah we're getting there We're getting there. By the way, Bellinger no qualifying offer, right? He's already been through that process.
0: Correct. Right. No. 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 This year, yes. No, he did have. He does have a qualifying offer. You sure? Uh Um. Didn't
1: he play on it last year?
0: No, because he was a he was a non tender last year.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's definitely.
0: Yeah, it's Snell, Chapman, and um. Bellinger challenger
1: or the qualifying offers correct right. yep. it's definitely something to think about as we get closer to that deadline which is not i mean it's it's going to be inside the season which is unfortunate for these players unfortunately it's it's a it's a suppression system built into the cba we've seen it happen now a bunch of times each offseason uh does joey vado just wait till like mid-season to figure to pick the team he wants to latch on to I'm guessing he's had Maybe. an offer
0: I don't know. You think so? I'm not sure about that because the way he's sort of um, simping on social media, you know, like like that he feels left out or whatever. Like, I think (laughs) um, he he probably does have an offer. You're right. But I I don't know. I've gotten kind of mixed signals there. um, Or maybe he just really wants to find the right home, if you will. So, yeah. the cu- I, I, but I'm just putting this on the record. You didn't even ask me my opinion, but I think the Cubs signed both Bellinger and Chapman. That's my that's my bold Whoa. prediction. Um, look at that roster and tell me the two most glaring holes aren't center field. I mean, I know Bellinger isn't a full time center fielder, but you could at least, you mm-hmm. know, platoon him out there if you wanted. But right now, roster resource has Mike Talkman in center field and um. I just lost it. Nick. Is it Nick Madrigal at third?
1: Mm. Yeah. I, I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah. Nick Madrigal it. at third. So I get it. I don't know, man, if you're trying to convince you just spent a bunch of money on guys in pr- in the previous, uh, off season, and you're going to tell me you're contending with, I don't know. I see big holes there and those are the guys, um, that can fill it. So if those price tags ha- have come down quite a bit, um, that's my prediction. So you didn't ask me, but I'm All right, I'll give
1: there. you my prediction then on a Snell Montgomery landing spot. Uh the Giants just don't stop spending right now. And they should be they should be in on on either one of those players because if they're gonna do this, if they're gonna wet their lips a little bit, they don't have the pit the starting rotation to match what they're what they're doing right now. So they should drop one of those arms on their roster and and get the hell going and trying to compete in an impossible division, but maybe with a wild card scenario that they could sneak into for sure.
0: Yeah, I love, I think Snell um that, mm-hmm. that was my favorite Snell uh Snell to the Giants. They that team doesn't care about uh innings, they're totally fine piecing things together. I mean, maybe things change a little bit now that Max Cap. uh Gabe Gabe Kapler is not there. Um but regardless, I, I think that they, yeah, they've been looking to make a splash in recent offseasons it hasn't really panned out quite how they want it to. I think maybe they're just going to pay it it, it, to me. Snell is the Yankees or the giants that those are the only two teams I really see him uh, Mm. going to at this point. So.
1: All right. Homework, sir. The next time we talk will be our win projection over under major league baseball episode. We're going to take a a stab at every single team and pick these divisions and and go nuts from there so hopefully a few of these players have signed so we can figure some things out internally about where things might land uh, come september but good stuff man thanks awesome
0: thanks mike